It's uh those those little uh, huffy puffers. It's a good it's a good toe warmer. Yeah. I feel like I'm aggressively folksy today. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that'll work for the episode. Oh boy, howdy. Cuz I I don't I don't know where we're I don't know where we're going. Oh boy, howdy. I did some preparation. Wait a minute. You're dead. You'll be dead for 30 years. Speaking of rudderless ships, you are listening to Boo Ha Ha. A sometimes mostly kind of monthly, bi-monthly, it's every week if you're lucky, sometimes you never know what's going to happen. Shut up, leave me alone. Podcast about tangents and ghosts. <laughs> tangents first. Mostly tangents. Mostly tangents. We, you'll, yeah, you'll notice that this week we swapped the order <laughs> uh, Every week I gather my nearest and or dearest to a campfire that I build in my living room, now with special effects. Ooh, yeah. Very, very proud of. Uh, and regale them with spooky tales of phantasms and will-o'-the-wisps. <laughs> Ooh, very wispy. And this week... Yeah, I like this campfire, by the way. Right? It's like if Brookstone <laughs> <laughs> made a... <laughs> the only lamp I had to spare is like the most futuristic Ikea yeah. lamp in the world. So it's, it's, it is very much like someone on a spaceship. Like if Sky Mall made campfires. <laughs> I thought you were going to say if Skynet made campfires. Also, if Skynet made campfires. Remember the folly of the humans. <laughs> and those dulcet tones belong to this week's hilarious spooky guest, Nick Puente. Oh, hey, yeah, that's me. Back well, again. Back. For, I think, less of a sequel, huh? more of a redo <laughs> to make up for the lame boring terrible ghost stories of omaha nebraska now i'm i'm not gonna say that you're wrong i am going to say that you made your own bed (laughs) you you did give me multiple outs i gave you like six are you sure you really want it fort omaha (laughs) remember that guy that's that's kind of the gist of it so we have one more oh okay one more brief ghost story from, uh, from from the, Fort Omaha, the eminently disappointing <laughs> yes. Fort Omaha. I did give you a choice, and I asked I asked a couple of times, but you you chose this. In other stories, a young girl, a Native American warrior. Mm. Okay, I'm sorry. From the seventies, I read this as being I mean one person. Oh, okay, okay. Let me take that again. In other stories, a young girl, a Native American warrior, and a nicely dressed middle aged man are seen in different places around the campus. <laughs> That's awesome. When do they walk into a bar? Yeah, yeah. It's like, first of all, they have to walk into a bar. They're not, they don't have a story. No. You just see, like... It's, it's it'd be awesome if, like, so the middle-aged man, okay, fine. But I'd, I like the idea of the uh, Native American warrior just being a Native American lady that they white, guilted, woke, thought like, oh, a majestic Native American warrior here on our, on our And she's just like, what? I'd, 
I brought my kids here. We're going to see the the fort. We've seen you. <laughs> We've seen you here around <laughs> at different times. Going to the tour guide over here. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's only one. <laughs> I love, yeah, I, the randomness of the assortment, uh, just... Who was the third one? A young girl. A young girl, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they want us to construct a narrative there. Because yeah, because there's a lot, like, there's no stories of any of these people dying uh, on the property or whatever, anything. They're just... They're just Milo noticing their way yeah. to the, the barracks. <laughs> they could be ghosts from other places. <laughs> That have Milo and Otis their way adventured <laughs> across the country. <laughs> Luckily, we have not only changed the geographical location that mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about, we have changed the source material from which we are going to be pulling. Oh, okay. Uh, this week, as is increasingly the case on the podcast, we are drawing exclusively from the writings of S.E. Schlosser. Okay. Yep. Which is a name. Right. Allegedly. Oh. Yeah. Uh, S.E. Schlosser writes uh, spooky books. Okay. All with spooky in the title. Spooky. Yeah. It's right there on the title. It it's, is right there. And bo- both books you're holding both have spooky on. Spookers. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> um, uh, like and a yeah. travel log of, of ghost stories. It's more uh, it's more like a hyper-specific version of scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, okay. Uh, as far as I can tell, S.E. Schlosser has about 15... Like a regional R.L. Stein. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, like there's about 15 or 20 where it's like, uh, you'll notice over there on the shelf <clears throat> in the middle, uh, a growing pile of oh, yeah. spooky books about spooky He's going to send you a handwritten... Thank you letter. <laughs> oh, look, I I would love nothing more than uh, for Shane Bleach uh, uh Shishi Spacek. They're called Briss. Uh, to 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 acknowledge my signal boosting of her work. Yeah. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I have high hopes. She's got to know this very soon. She's gonna know. Yeah. So it should be it should be a nice change of pace because uh, you know for you as opposed to. Chat forums from '95, <laughs> where you were getting <laughs> uploaded term papers from high schools around the country of scary, spooky events. I will not sit here and listen to you besmirch ghost.angelfire.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those were some spooky gifts of roadwork signs. <laughs> so, I guess before before we get started, can you? For any new listeners, um, right? As if everyone already hasn't listened to all of them. I would. I look, listener. I would hope um, because there's only one. Um, (laughs) It's my mom. Mom, (laughs) I hope you've listened to the back catalog. But yeah, for for those new listeners, could you give us a little bit of uh, uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your relationship with with the spooky? Are you a true believer? Are you a skeptic? uh, Secret. Psychic, ooh, secret psychic. With, I'll go with that. You're you you're you're kind of generally cagey about things in your personal life. I it wouldn't surprise me if it turned out that you could just see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Which wrote that was the one bright spot of the last episode I was on was introducing you, and I'm assuming large portions of the world 
to the Sixth Sense YA novel series. That was book one. And it sets, and the tone set up for the rest of the series was that no, there is no, this is your life. <laughs> Which the, is troubling. Like, you thought that everything was going to be kind of, you know, uh, beer nuts and gravy after the Sixth Sense, but no. No, no, no. No, dead, dead people in the mid-throes of their agony are going to find you and force you to get them to the other side. Do you think that they just took, like, the formula for Quantum Leap, like that kind of, like, involuntary Samaritan? Yeah. They're like, yeah, what if it was a kid? What if it was an increasingly puffy child? <laughs> <laughs> with no plucky uh, computer sidekick. No, with no plucky... <laughs> Hologram sidekick. It would be deeply fucked but up. A, but a uh, troubled, overworked, single mom. <laughs> My son sees ghosts, and I just, I guess they, like, they hit him. I Look, I have two jobs. <laughs> um, his social worker therapist turned out to be dead, too, and now I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I, I enjoy ghost stories. I okay. enjoy hauntings. Sure. sure, they're fun. Within within like a, a purely theoretical framework, or or is there, is there any practical application? Like, do you, are you are you scared of things that go bump in the night? Or? No. Okay. So skeptical. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. No. I even I, I I like a friend of mine. Uh, recently talked about how his ex girlfriend would wake them up because she kept saying their apartment was haunted and she would do rituals to get rid of the ghost. But in the, the witching hours, you know, between like midnight and three, she, sure. that was like the strongest time to get in contact with the ghost. And she would do all these things. And he was like, <laughs> I don't care. Like I, I don't care enough about the ghost being here. Because I've lived here for two years before you got here, and it was fine. The ghost did, even if he did, even if he does exist, he's never bothered me. It's, you trying to get rid of him bothers is more bothersome than him existing as a, a ghost. It's a troubling sign for the state of a relationship when you know your partner is more troubling than you know a. a a wraith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes I wake up and something wants either Shire or Baggins, and it's fine. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. That's uh, that's a bummer. You you don't. Uh, I'm I'm glad I've never been like the existence of a ghost has never frightened me. Yeah. The existence of a malevolent spirit. Rightfully so, frighten you. Blood from the walls, get out now. Yeah. Okay. Now it's a a a, a wispy phantom that comes down the stairwell twice. <laughs> yeah. Once a year <laughs> is more like okay. Yeah. That's yeah. You. I. I feel like uh, I'd love. I'd love nothing more than than to be proven wrong. I'm in the same camp of uh, of of deep skepticism. Prove me wrong, the dead. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, good to know. So we'll 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 see if we can try to convince you otherwise. Oh, okay. On tonight's spooky episode. 
Very good. Uh, that was very goosebumpsy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a mask that doesn't come off. <laughs> so wait, so where are we going? Well, uh, I think I think we should avoid Nebraska yeah. entirely because if if the last episode is anything to go by, nothing good has ever happened. Yeah, it's a flyover state for a reason, even for ghosts. <laughs> it's more of a drift through. <laughs> Uh, so we are going to go back to spooky Texas. Oh, all right. Ooh. Okay. So uh, when I originally asked you to do the podcast, uh-huh. I asked for your hometown and you gave me, I think, uh, like seven sets of geographical coordinates. Right. Some of them, you know, in Europe, some of them in the American South, some of them were ice flows off the coast of Greenland. <laughs> it was uh, confusing, but I think probably the richest well. Is going to be Texas. Texas. Yeah, fair. Um, I mean, we, we learned about me and a fellow Texas comic uh, were rem- reminiscing about a uh, defunct comedy club that was next to the Alamo. Is this the one that's a flag store now? Yes. <laughs> it's a flag store <laughs> Sorry, now. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your dick there. <laughs> <laughs> How the Alamo was famously haunted. And we queried, because I had never heard the story, and we queried that. What it, what it is haunted, ironically, by white people, because that would be the only ghost <laughs> left in the Alamo, fucking taking everything, yeah. gentrifying the afterlife, <laughs> and what should still technically be Mexico, hot take. I mean, good luck. <laughs> Getting I, that. <laughs> I feel like that ship, hey, you know what? Actually, give it two years. Yeah. Like, by that point. Hard to say. Uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we'll see what happens after the fall um i i i hope that we are subsumed by our friendly neighbors to the south yeah i'm you know okay it seems fine and so then now i'm just imagining a world a united states of just <laughs> sicario and narcos that's <laughs> okay so that's where you went and i immediately thought of like more culinarily adventurous uh, food courts and accordion music. Fair. That's not (laughs) bad. That's not bad. Just, you know, be a better world. Yeah. Yeah. So, a bit over. Um, (laughs) uh, So, we're gonna, we're gonna go, gonna go back to old, old spookity Texas. Which is also, I mean, the size of five states that they famously talk about Uh, all the time. So, that's a large different geographical areas to cover i mean you would think so but <laughs> all the ghosts are kind of centralized oh all in the all in the really the southeast yeah coming up with the trade winds i guess mm. is that a thing yeah coming off just that air coming, coming off, off the, the gulf? gulf yeah a lot yeah. of ghosts being shipped into the gulf <laughs> It's probably a lot of New Orleans drunk ghosts just are, drifting over yeah just drifting sure. over <laughs> You got voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple of uh, of options here. All right, got the warning. Okay. Uh, El Muerto. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Which, now, which translates yeah. to the Muerto. <laughs> <laughs> um, the warning. <laughs> Uh, in Spanish, that's El Warning. Uh, <laughs> then we've got White Wolf. I love these, these two-word 
teaser ominous almost titles. always yeah, you, yeah. You, want me to, you want me to mix it up give you some uh we... white wolf el muerto the warning mm-hmm. then we've got rattler's ridge Ooh, all right uh spear finger whoa <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh the last one little eight john interesting little eight john mm-hmm. okay yep. i'm guessing that's a kid haunting Usually sad, not very exciting. Could also be about a uh, sex worker and their eight clients. Well, it could be. They're all Johns. And, uh, little eight Johns. And despite what she tells them after, all little. All little. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, any any th- Spearfinger, Spearfinger, for sure. Spearfinger. Yeah, Spearfinger. Right. I want a James Bond villain that refuses <laughs> to use technology. <laughs> Do you expect me to die? No, I expect you to be stabbed by my fingers. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> Stay still. Ow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh also I haven't I haven't vetted these stories at all. Oh, okay. We are we're flying Oh, we're flying blind. Um, Comedy without a net. Best way to do it. That's what I always say. Um, here I mean here's hoping. I have I have developed enough You've you've gone through enough of her work. Yeah. You figure out that most of the stories that she puts in. It's something. Okay. At, at the very least, it's enough to make fun of. Okay, fair. See Cat uh, Buckley's episode where we did Taily Poe, which is about some kind of swamp nonsense. <laughs> um, all right, we're going with Spearfinger. This one uh, originates in Hardin County. Okay. Which is a place. Probably. It's probably uh, not anymore. So over, it's over yonder. Oh wow! Okay, right, right yeah, that is that is definitely a New Orleans ghost that taint. floated over. It's yeah, the, that's the taint of Texas, <laughs> which says something. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's really the shit of the ass. <laughs> um, Spearfinger. Yes, yes. Spearfinger. Spearfinger. <laughs> yeah, James Bond walks into a girl just covered in spears. On his bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, normally I'd send a cutting remark your way. (laughs) (laughs) A little jab. Uh, just a little prick. Yeah. That's because he's fucking. Yeah. Anyway, that's. It was the medicine man who first heard Spearfinger's approach during a great thunderstorm that shook the whole valley one night in late summer. Okay. She came marching down from on high. Lady? Ooh. Lady antagonist? Ladies, cool. is it? Or a protagonist? We're not sure yet. Hard to say. Uh, I'm wondering if, uh, yeah, is it Spearfinger who is a woman or the medicine man who is a woman? No. I'm going to go with woman Spearfinger. Okay, that's fair. She came marching down from on high, throwing massive stones between each mountain peak and using them as bridges. Holy shit. <laughs> this, took, this took a turn. Um... So she's also a giant. She's Paul Bunyan's ex. Way to bury the lead. <laughs> um, oh, I heard Spearfinger coming. She was making a bridge out of mountains. Um, each footstep she took made the earth shudder and rocks crack, and her footprints sank deep into the earth under the weight of her stone body. Whoa! <laughs> yes! So again, lead buried. As she walked, she sang a pretty tune that lured people closer to hear it. What? You gotta have some 
gotta have a that's beyond Beyonce voice. If you're a giant <laughs> stone <laughs> monster. Oh well, yeah. What would that who be? just happens to sing, and that's enough to be like, well, fuck being crushed under their huge feet. Uh, there are lyrics here, but I feel like oh, wow. if I say them, I'll sound racist. Um, you want me to say them? Yeah, yeah. You do. <laughs> you do that. There you go. Just that kind of midway down. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay, so uh, uh, okay, so here we start off with Ui Lana Siku Sususai. Got love in my tummy and I feel <laughs> like loving you. Which sure. I think translate to the second uh, yeah, second quotes that says, I eat liver, yum yum. <laughs> I think translates to I. All right. I got I got so many questions about just what. Okay, so she's walking through. She's st- storming through the valley, yeah. making bridges out of mountains. That she, that happens when she cracks them with yep. her steps, mm-hmm. being stone a ma- steps. stone steps. Mm-hmm. And instead of running and fleeing in fear, people are lured to her because of her it's beautiful, like, soulful lyrics of "I love Kind of a catchy tune. Yum, Let's yum. go see what's going on over there. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> She's eating my liver. What? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> In hindsight, I should have known. Uh, okay, so, and the medicine man heard this. Yeah. Um, so, Spearfinger caroled in a lovely little voice. I eat livers, yum, yum, yum. livers every day. Give me your liver. All right. Um, it wasn't until she reached the mountains above their valley home that the medicine man understood the words of her song and trembled. I eat liver, yum, yum. <laughs> Rumors swept through the valley the day after the storm. Spearfinger was coming with her disregard for human life and her taste for liver. <laughs> <laughs> that was the bio that I provided to the Ha Ha Harvest Festival. Um, <laughs> even now, she traveled the dark mountain pathways and stream beds, perching at hidden crags and observing the patterns of the people in this new place. How is someone who has giant stone feet perching anywhere? Does that rock look weird? That's <laughs> uh, probably fine. Those toes. So she's perching and hiding. <laughs> question mark uh hoping some of them would come within reach of her sharp finger of stone I okay you can have stone spear tip sure finger finger is it just the one yeah is it like uh is it like a guy in the 80s with a coke nail yeah that's what i'm imagining i'm imagining one extra long finger one extra long carrie fisher coke finger. yeah well now i see why paul bunyan broke up with her her habits were self-destructive. <laughs> she wouldn't walk, babe. <laughs> um, you ever done a rail off an axe? I mean, um, I like to party, but... <laughs> imagine a Paul Bunyan-sized rail. Like, that's just the, the gross domestic product of, of Columbia. So, the tribesmen started hunting in groups, and their wives took care to bring the children into their lodges each night. Okay. Fear trembled in every heart. For who could protect the children if Spearfinger came? Spearfinger's body was encased in a scone. I was going to say a scone. Um, Ooh. (laughs) 
Spearfinger's body was encased in a stone skin so that no spear could penetrate her flesh, and the forefinger of her right hand was made of a long, thin stone that was sharp as a knife. Yeah, there it is. There we have it. Could slice a child open with one flick. Ooh. And the spear finger. And then rub the child's blood on her gums. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> just mm-hmm. a taste. Oh, this kid's full of baby powder. <laughs> Speaking of burying the lead, and Spearfinger was a shapeshifter. Oh. We, hey, oh, Skinwalker. Oh, hey. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. Oh. A stone giant skinwalker. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I think we might need to walk back this whole giant thing. I'm not sure if they were just being hyperbolic. Okay. Because they haven't referenced it since. I'm not saying it's not true. Right. They're just not referencing okay. it text. Fair, fair. Okay. Uh, she was a shapeshifter. She could take on the guise of a helpless old woman, a young succulent deer, mm. or a craggy warrior. Okay. Mm hmm. Uh, anything that would permit her easy access to people wandering alone through the mountains. Often, she would come in disguise to a village in search of the most appetizing morsels of all. The livers of young children. Yep. Everyone knows. Veal. Yeah. yeah. Ba- <laughs> delicious baby veal. It's yeah. like foie kid. Yeah, um, exactly. Stay in the lodge, mothers warned their little ones. Do not walk alone in the woods, for Spearfinger is near. I would move. Yeah. That sounds like a valley I don't want to live in. Yeah. There's plenty of them. Let's go. Plus, to get people caught unawares walking through the mountain passes, <laughs> and Whoa. you can shapeshift, and your stone, why not just become part of the mountain? Yeah. Why not just kill a deer? Yeah. Like, I don't... Anyways. Yeah. Make some anyway. We'll we'll see. At first, the children shivered and obeyed, but after a week passed with no sign of the monster, gradually the children ceased their vigilance and started playing in the fields outside their camp. Yeah, as yeah, you don't see it for a week, it's gone. It's probably fine. Yeah, Yeah. that's uh, the chlamydia rules. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're outside playing in the camp, and that was when the old grandmother came hobbling down the path towards them. Come, my children, she said to them in a sweet soprano. Come, let grandmother brush your hair. You'll grown tangled in your games, and your parents will be displeased. The pretty doe-eyed daughter of the chief came running to the old lady and sat in her lap. She loved to have her hair combed and submitted to the woman's touch only shuddering a little when the stone finger stabbed through her side and cut her liver out in a single twist. Whoa. (laughs) Jesus. You're saying she did it so, didn't even see it like a, yeah, like a ninja movie. It's the, the person gets beheaded and then they don't react for a couple seconds. Yeah. Then Spearfinger set the child on her feet and bade her walk home. Whoa, that's fucking metal. Oh, God. (laughs) Now go home. See how far you can walk. Oh, God. Is this going to be like a uh... five finger? <laughs> I don't want to call the five finger death punch. I was going to say like the, the bathtub full of ice. Oh, like yeah. It's yeah. a kidney thieves. Yeah. Thing. Um, so <laughs> it makes her fucking walk home. Uh, the whole world swam oddly before the child's eyes and she wandered a few yards before falling over dead. Yeah, exactly. By the time she dropped to the ground, Spearfinger was gone. <laughs> It's fucking brutal. Uh, this is rough. 
This uh, shishy schlosher is really stepping up her game. The other children had quite forgotten the friendly grandmother who had just passed through the field until they found their playmate lying dead in a pool of her own blood. Yeah. <laughs> then they... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a bad person. Then they screamed and screamed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and their mothers and the old men came running, along with a few warriors returned early from their hunt. The little doe-eyed child was carried with many wails into the village, and the chief and his wife wept in despair. Back in the woods, Spearfinger changed shape and became one of the warriors still out with the hunting party. Then she ran into the village and demanded to know why there were mourning. It's it's like when a serial killer yeah co- like, stays at the comes back to the scene of the, or stays at the scene of the crime. Like he talks to the cops. Yeah. And like, oh, I don't. So what happened? Mm, what happened here? You have some liver in your teeth. <laughs> um, Looks like some badass cut the liver out of that girl and made her walk. See how far she could go. Just to please herself. That's fucking brutal, right? She's probably pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, probably Stonefinger is. <laughs> what do you think, guys? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and uh, she's picking them off one by one. I, I get, yeah, at this point, it's like the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so the warrior's wife was completely fooled and told the monster disguised as her husband what had happened to the chief's little daughter. Then she left her false husband in the lodge to watch over their three children while she comforted the chief's wife. Spearfinger chuckled in delight and made short work of the other little ones left in her care. Boom. Just really, yeah, just... By the time the wife returned, the lodge was awash with blood. (laughs) And her children lay dying on the floor. Their livers gone. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dude, this is better than Jeepers Creepers How is this not a movie? It's pretty fucking great uh, She's going through them like the Hessian <laughs> Horsemen! <laughs> yeah, so she came back and uh, boy was her face red um, With blood Yeah, liver blood <laughs> uh, She reeled backwards uh, with the gruesome sight uh, She screamed again and again in terror As her neighbors came running to see what was wrong But there was nothing they could do to comfort her And the monster who had killed her children had cut her way out of the back of the lodge and disappeared. Like Wile E. Coyote. Right. Yeah. Or a Bugs Bunny. <laughs> when the when the real warrior returned, he was pummeled within an inch of his life before the village's medicine man could perform the magic that confirmed that he was not the monster Spearfinger returned for more livers. Oh, okay. What he did was he drew a little <clears throat> bit of blood and then ran a current through it. Um Oh, that would have been awesome. That would be fucking, that would be fucking great. It's Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> I'd like to come back inside now. <laughs> now each person who entered the village was suspect. For if the monster could fool the wife of one of their warriors, who else might she fool? Right. The medicine man was busy day and night performing the magic to confirm all the villagers going about... Were actually the villagers. Yep. Uh, <laughs> which... Kind of a bummer if you've signed on to be a village's medicine man and suddenly you're the fucking TSA. Yeah. Um, I have to give them all pat-downs now. (laughs) The next morning, two men were sent to set fire to the underbrush in a local chestnut grove so the tribe would have easy access to the trees during the harvest. A short task that should have taken a single morning, yet hour after hour passed and there was no sign of the warrior's return. Finally, a party of men was sent to look for them. The bodies of the men were found a few hundred yards into the grove with their hearts crushed Ooh. and their livers removed. Um, of course, that's, I mean, she really likes to stick it in and twist it. She yeah. really likes, she gets the joy out of torturing. 
too. You know, you gotta you gotta have fun of your work. Yeah, you love what you do. You're not gonna work a day in your life, right? You know. So uh, yeah, <clears throat> they found the bodies. Uh, word of the double murder spread like wildfire through the village. Uh, panicking people raced to the lodge of their chief to demand protection from the monster. What that's, about all the murdered children? That's uh, fine. <laughs> that's why they had a bunch back then, because you assumed that. At least half are going to get eaten or... Some of them are going to get sick. Some of them are going to get hurt. Some of them right. are going to get spear-fingered. Frightened and enraged by the monster who had killed his only child and terrorized his village, the chief called a council of his wisest men and demanded a solution. How could they rid themselves of spear-finger? Many ideas were discussed and discarded before the medicine man proposed that they dig a pit and trap the creature inside. Perhaps they might examine her close at hand and discover if there was a fatal weakness beneath her skin of stone. And since no one had a better solution, they decided to follow the medicine man's plan. No. Now let's dig a hole. No. Under cover of darkness, a large pit was dug on the path outside the village. And the next morning, warriors gathered on either side of the path, hidden among the brushes, and a fire was set once again in the chestnut grove. Lured by the cover of smoke and the promise of fresh liver. Yeah. <laughs> um, fresh chill child liver. Uh, hungry. I was hoping they put a kid on... <laughs> You got to have bait for the trap. <laughs> it's like Mad Max on the hood of that car. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. You're going to get a lot of candy later or <laughs> maize or whatever. Um, <laughs> but no, so they have a, a giant trap mm -hmm. and they're smoking her out. Yep. <laughs> she came down from the mountain at speed, hoping to surprise the warriors burning the brush as she had done the previous day. She slowed when she reached the path to the village and took on her usual disguise of an old woman hoping to ease the fears of her victims. You don't want to taint the meat yeah, by, by making yeah. them afraid. As she came hobbling towards the village through the smoke, the warriors gazed at one another in bewilderment. Surely this harmless-looking old woman couldn't be the fearsome monster that they had come to trap? But the medicine man looked on impassively as she drew near. One of the young men suddenly leapt for his feet, crying, Grandmother! It's my grandmother! Returned from the dead! No. The medicine man caught his arm and bade him to wait and watch. Quite suddenly, the old woman gave a sharp cry of surprise and plummeted into the pit. Immediately, the startled cry turned into an ear-shattering howl of rage as Spearfinger realized that she had been tricked. The warriors sprang out from both sides of the path and surrounded the pit. Arrows knocked. Oh, against her stone skin? I mean, it sounds like guns cocked. Oh, arrows knocked? Oh, interesting. Knock your arrows! Knock your arrows! Not very smooth. Anyways. All right, go ahead. Sure. Below them, a stone-skinned monstrosity with foul locks and a withered brown face leapt about the pit, roaring in anger. Then she reached her sharp stone finger right into the dirt and flicked out a huge rock, which she tossed onto the floor of the pit, followed swiftly by another, and then another, and then another. Oh, okay. She could use that giant finger to just rock climb or just... Yeah. Pull herself out. It seems like if you were made of stone and had a knife on your hand, you could probably climb out of a pit. Yeah. Maybe she's heavy. I don't mm. <clears throat> The chief gave the order to fire, and the warrior shot their arrows again and again, only to see them bounce off her stone skin. Spearfinger ignored the humans at the top of the pit and brushed occasionally at the arrows as if they were no more than bothersome gnats. She kept pulling out stones and piling them up into a ramp. <laughs> Poles! Spears! <laughs> the chief cried when it became obvious that the creature would soon be high enough to climb out. 
Several tribesmen ran into the grove and hacked down long branches to use as poles, while others fetched their spears. They thrust at the monster this way and that, harrying her and pushing her off the ramp again and again. She gnashed her sharp brown teeth at them and parried their blows with her sharp stone finger. Plan B. Like, like <laughs> I know you probably respect the medicine man, but just have something. Yeah. This is... What do, do we want to have a big rock on hand, <laughs> you know, for crushing? Pray, the chief ordered the men. Oh, uh, when in doubt. Pray to all the gods for help. If this monster gets out of the pit, we're all dead. Um, so the medicine man became uh, began chanting a prayer, begging the gods to save them from the monster and her spear finger and her lust for blood. We, we get it. You don't have to reiterate. We're, <laughs> we're, we're there. At that moment, a tiny titmouse, still radiant with the glow of heaven. What? <laughs> came flying into the midst of the battle <laughs> crying <laughs> what <laughs> wait that oh, you didn't you're not adding this in nope. this is no at that moment a tiny titmouse still radiant with the glow of heaven are titmouses jewish like is he chosen <laughs> he like... i mean all mice go to heaven um <laughs> it's just a mouse with tits <laughs> it's just it's stacked that, it's pretty um, heavenly that is a miracle <laughs> yeah the, the mouse came in chanting check him out <laughs> uh so came into battle crying uh, uh, uh. the closest it could come to saying unahu which means heart the medicine man gasped the heart aim for the monster's heart uh, immediately the warriors notched their arrows not knocked. Oh, okay. Arrows Typo? Not, all right. Hard to say. They shot the creature in the chest again and again, while others pummeled her with their spears. The monster just laughed at them and climbed further up the ramp, swiping at another warrior with her spear finger and cutting off his foot. The warrior crawled to the ground, uh, fell to the ground and crawled away in agony. Seeing the glowing titmouse in the brush beside the path, he grabbed it, saying, You fucking liar! <laughs> um, you lying creature, see what your lies have caused. And he cut out part of its tongue. So, a little bit of deflected anger, I feel. <laughs> the titmouse struggled and pecked until he let it go, whereupon it returned to the heavens with only half its tongue. Our cameo, weird <laughs> cameo from the titmouse. <laughs> In the story, <laughs> just go like I went down there to try to help them. They fucking look at they cut off my tongue. It's, it's, it's Jesus, basically, with a few less miracles. Um, so the titmouse is uh pulled, lifted back to heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, Peace, my brother, said the medicine man as he tended to the terrible wound. The titmouse was right. Sorry, our bad. <laughs> the titmouse was right. We must find the creature's heart to kill it. Is it like uh is it like Star Trek five when they're on the the penal colony and that one <laughs> shape shifting alien has its its groin in its knee? Not everyone keeps their genitals in the same place. <laughs> kind of, it seems like. Uh we have to find the creature's heart to kill it. It just didn't know how to tell us where the heart is. So fucking poor Titmouse yeah. gets his tongue cut out. As he spoke, a lovely glowing chickadee swept down from the heavens. So take two. Um, <laughs> uh, and perched for a moment on Spearfinger's hand beside the stone finger she used as a knife. Uh-huh. Okay. 
It's a real chickadee marks the heart. <laughs> um, there, the medicine man cried, knowing a deus ex machina when he saw one. <laughs> Aim for the hand. The heart is in her hand. Yeah. Well, it turns out. Spearfinger gave a horrible cry when she heard the medicine man's words and took a swipe at the chickadee, which flew gracefully away. So it could have been worse for the... It's weird that the creature that interacted with the humans was the one that got its tongue cut out, and the creature that interacted with Spearfinger gets off, you know, yeah. tongue-free or whatever. Uh, so the chief took aim and sent an arrow right through the creature's heart. Right. In her Forefinger. Hand, in her hand. Yeah. They don't say that, so I'd like to... I'm picturing the chief is still just going for the the chest but uh no uh send a, an arrow right through the creature's heart in memory of his doe-eyed daughter who was killed for her liver mm-hmm. call back spearfinger gave a wail that froze the tribesmen's spines and made their knees shake as she landed among the broken spears and arrows at the bottom of the pit she twitched several times then died her spear finger still waving above her grotesque form all at once the monster's dead body turned into a hazy, foul-smelling smoke that whirled around like a twister before exploding upward, high into the sky, where it dispersed into the late summer wind. Oh, uh, and that's why that section of Texas smells like manure. Spearfinger, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it smells like shit. All right. um, and that was the end of Spearfinger. Whoa. Yeah. Look at how they spelled dispersed. <laughs> Second line from the uh, from the end. Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. D-I-S-B-U-R-S-E-D. Disbursed. That's that's such a an obvious... Bursted. Yeah. Disbursed. It's such an obviously wrong thing that it makes me think that maybe there's some like weird corn pone old-fashioned <laughs> like, oh, done gone disbursed itself. Well, that... Was Spearfinger. That was... That was... That was amazing. That you had every you had the thing. Yep. You had uh, Star Trek Five. You had Star Trek. I think it was Star Trek Six. <laughs> that was when the, the Klingon penal colony. Rurapente. Right. The frozen moon where they yes. were mining dilithium. Yeah. Yes. Star Trek Six. Um, <laughs> Undiscovered country. You which, had. Exp- no, no. Rurapente didn't explode. The Klingon moon of Praxis exploded, but that was. Yeah, Star Trek Six. Undiscovered country. Anyway, uh, uh, it's fine. Anyway, uh, uh, it's fine. Anyway, uh, it's fine. Different podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> we'll talk about this later for an hour. Uh, I'll talk about this later for an hour and you'll be forced to listen. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we had everything. We had The Thing. We had Star Trek V. Uh, we had Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Um, kind of a golem thing. Birds. I mean, yeah, you had, you had some sick fucking liver child liver killing i didn't see that coming like when it when it happened like it was it's such a visceral thing like come sit in my lap and i'll brush your hair stab boom um, fucked up that's super fucked up yeah and seemingly like Spearfinger, Spearfinger, it's not the walking dude it's not like they make it seem like it had been around for forever like Spearfinger showed up and did this to us as it's been doing around the country. We're the ones that finally, like, there was Predator, the whole trapping thing. <laughs> yeah. We're the it's, ones that finally defeated it. It's really like, yeah, Spearfinger. Just kind of shows up like the walking dude. Yeah. Just the man in black. 
Yeah, there's no there's no description or introduction to what like Spearfinger, a kind of demon. They're just right. like, nope, Spearfinger came down throwing fucking rocks, <laughs> um, cutting out livers, chopping people up. Which also like I'm picturing like. Like, you know how, like, Justice is always pictured, like, with a sword and, like, one boot yeah. out? I'm just picturing that. Just, like, coming down from the mountain, like, fuck you! <laughs> Spearfinger's a badass. Spearfinger was pretty fucking metal. Yeah, they should have moved. The, yeah, they all should have got out of there. Yeah. But then Spearfinger would have went, went on to cut out more livers. It's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it, there, there are enough livers. Does it say when this story is supposed to be, like... No, no era. No, nope. just a. I think we could probably gauge based on you know, uh, uh, medicine man tribe in Texas, nineteenth uh, century. Sometimes I, w- I would go a little bit further, further back than that. Further I'm back say, than that. Since I mean, there was no reference to like you know any Anglo's or oh, anything. Oh God! Now we've got Spearfinger to deal with, and then yeah. also the white man. Um, Fair. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming that this is this happened in a time before like James K. Polk was <laughs> fucking riding through. <laughs> but yeah, Spearfinger is just an allegory for Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, and we've got we've got Jesus Mouse. Yeah, the poor Tit Mouse, which they got to be like, hey, look, Spearfinger was killing all of our kids and our warriors. It kind of got us. It's okay, I get it. <laughs> um, I, it's so fucked up too that like the mouse is like it's her heart it's her heart and then the guy's like fuck you like immediately could, starts trying to kill a mouse um yeah desperate times you know yeah we're all on edge all right we all did and said things that we didn't mean i think part of the ridiculousness comes from the fact that you know cutting out the tongue is very low on the list of quick and easy ways to kill a mouse yeah Unless the like it stuck its tongue out of you, like fuck you, yeah. And then he cut it off, like no, he was like I grat, he tortured it. If I was going to write a list of the hardest things to cut out of a mouse, the tongue would be at the top. Yeah, it's really there's a you. You have a small area to work in mm-hmm. and a smaller thing to grab. Yeah, how big was this guy's? Nut? Was that that's smaller just than an like exacto? A, yeah, <laughs> he just used his he just used his coke spear fingernail cut it out little uh john thumb um, <laughs> that was pretty damn good yeah that was better than all three <laughs> omaha stories uh, combined i'd like to take a moment and remember how badass the salt witch was <laughs> oh salt witch was pretty badass. yeah yeah that you know screaming desert witch yeah um we are two for two with the uh, the native myths and legends. Though. Yeah, those I, were, those those are pretty. Though this one written way better than the saw witch. The saw witch one we had to fill in a lot of. They were just like, and then like saw witch showed up, yelled, guy turned into some salt. Yeah, and you'd be like, wait, what? And they're like, also the saw witch flew, and also the and chief like, was angry for blood because of dead wife, and then the desert came. <laughs> All right, um, thanks wordsalad.com. <laughs> when the chief was like, "We have to find a way to defeat Spearfinger," for a second, I'm like, is he gonna get that salt witch chief? <laughs> that guy just is like, well, I'll just kill everything around. <laughs> And all the the blood will blood God. I'll kill Spearfinger and then you. <laughs> That'll solve everyone's problem. 
He seems pretty cool, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that okay. I'm. I am going to give that one five out of five spear fingers, all the way in a liver. <laughs> I gets five cut out livers out of five for sure. That is, wow, that is a perfect ten. Um, well done, spear finger. Well nice. done. What's the author's name? Shashbishlasher. 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 Right. <laughs> uh, S. E. Schlosser. Schloss, Schlosser. Schlosser. Right. Schlosser. There's something <laughs> that makes me want to. Shippy cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's. That's S-E- a good find. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We did. We did real good with that one. Fucking killing it. Uh. Okay. Well, I think uh, it's uh, it's my turn. Uh. But first, I'm gonna go pee. You're right. Welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. Oh. Uh, well, I think uh, we're. I, I'm. I mean, I guess I'll. I'll do. Uh, well, <laughs> so huh. many choices. There's so many choices. Like this is not as as intriguing as the California book, where one of the items in the table of contents is just Tommy knockers. Oh, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Which, uh, from what I understand of the book and movie, is not based on any kind of uh, local yeah, myth or yeah. legend. Um. So I hope it's just Tommy Knockers, like the it's au- just a screenplay <laughs> for Tommy Knockers. Just the author be like, one time I was sitting at home with my husband John Schlosser, and we were watching a movie, and it was called uh, Jimmy Clockers or uh, Stevie Bonkers. I don't know. Anyway, let me tell you about it. Uh, okay, I'm 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 going back and forth between uh, El Muerto or Little Eight John. I'm concerned that Little Eight John is going to be like racist or troubling in some way. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna peek for a minute. You're gonna choose your own adventure, sneak peek. Gonna work from the back forward. Yeah, yeah we're gonna go with El Marto. It's just about a kid. Don't yeah. I don't, knew it. I don't want to deal with that shit. Um, all right, El Muerto from Kingsville. Okay. Yeah. So middle of nowheresville. Sounds right. Yeah. Oh wait, you read this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought you were still like <laughs> ma- double making sure, making double sure that you're going uh, with El Muerto or not. <laughs> but Little A John is yeah, whatever. This little, will be fine. Little A John sounds bad. Um yeah, no, I just had a stroke apparently and I'm like, "What? What's happening?" Um Ooh, okay. All right, all right. Cool. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's get into El Muerto. <laughs> like, I like that that's the read that we've both decided to take <laughs> <Yeah>. with it. <laughs> I, hope it <laughs> I hope it's just about a Mexican wrestler. That would be sweet. If the story is <laughs> just about El Muerto versus El Samson. Undefeated in his weight class. El Samson. 
Ooh. El Santo. Okay, here <laughs> so we go. Santos El Helper. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Spooky. Oh, first person. We're going first person no. here. Right. So we sat on the steps of the back porch, watching as sunset became dusk and the stars came out over the wild, lonely landscape. The wind murmured through the tall grasses and mesquite and softly touched our hair and faces as my husband and I sat sipping lemonade and watching as we did every night to see if El Muerto would appear. Oh, so this is her and her husband. All right. <laughs> so this is going to be the screenplay to Tommyknockers. We had just finished watching Tommyknockers and uh, uh, weird activity for the evening. Just sitting out waiting, waiting for, for ghosts. Yeah. Or a wrestler. Or a wrestler or a Mexican wrestler to come out. Uh, see if El Muerto would appear. The ranch had been in my family for generations, and at least one person each generation had seen El Muerto, the terrible headless rider, galloping through the backfield on his midnight black stallion with serape blowing in the wind and severed head bouncing on the saddle horn beneath a wide sombrero. Jesus. That's, a, that's an awesome sight. Like if the Hessian <clears throat> kept his head... On his saddle horn? It's it's a brief moment in the last scene of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Um, like a hood ornament. <laughs> like, it seems kind of lame. Like, I'd be like, that seems shitty for your head. But also, it would be pretty terrifying. It, I mean, it's a striking image. Until you else. picture it like, I mean, I, as I'm picturing it, it's a headless man on a horse. But on top of the horse's head is, is another, a human Is head. a human head. Just yes. kind of. Poorly tied on. Now imagine um, that. Imagine that image uh, with this. My mother had seen the specter from this very porch when she was a teenager. Oh, I thought I was going to say under the porch. Never mind. Uh, she had seen it from <laughs> from this porch when she was a teenager. And her mother had encountered the headless horseman riding down the road at dusk a week before her wedding to her grandfather. Yeah. Ominous. You know, um, he disapproved of the marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't want to like hobby shame this woman and her husband, uh, but I want never gets and uh, <laughs> a, a watched field, never headless yeah. horses. Yeah, I don't think her mom was just sitting out there being like, one of these days, El Muerto, El Muerto, <laughs> gotta wait for it. Fucking uh, go live your goddamn life, Jesus. Well, no one in my generation had seen the specter. And when my husband Tony moved into the family home after our marriage last April, he had expressed a great desire to be the one who saw it. Tell me the story again, Teresa, Tony would say, leaning back in the white wicker chair, his eyes fixed on the rising moon. So they is, both just, that's all they want. Is this before books <laughs> or TV or like... <laughs> Jesus, all right. When's the railroad going to come? I sighed a little, knowing that this was a passionless marriage, (laughs) (laughs) and smiled. Tony loved the stories about Bigfoot Wallace, the Texas Ranger responsible for Omerto, almost as much as he loved hearing my mother talk about the time she saw the ghost, sitting right here on this back porch so many years ago. Call back to a paragraph ago. Ever since my husband got kicked in the head by our faithful nag, Prudence, (laughs) he can't really handle news stories or any kind of, you know, stimulus. So we just tell him the same story over and over, and he loves it. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. My handsome husband claimed that I was the one who told Bigfoot Wallace stories best out of anyone in my family. He asked for them often, and I always obliged him. (laughs) 
I brushed a hand through my dark curls, pushing them away from my forehead. Jesus. <laughs> I'm I'm There's picturing the most annoying woman in the world and a man who is like a dullard. Touched. <laughs> He's a, <laughs> a touched man in a farmhouse. Just, it's just like you're like, oh Anthony. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I like the stories about the see-through people. Okay, here we go. So she moved her dark curls away from her forehead, sat down my half-full glass of pink lemonade, very Texan, and told him the story of Bigfoot Wallace and El Muerto for the 175th time. So now it's like the 50s? <laughs> they didn't have pink lemonade, you know, back in the fucking 18... 18- this, is, this, is, this is basically just... The darkest country time lemonade commercial. <laughs> That's all that this is. All right. So here's the story of Omuerto, finally. When Bigfoot Wallace, the bounty hunter and frontiersman, came to Texas to avenge the death of his brother at the Goliad Massacre, he found himself in love with the wild beauty of the New Republic. Bold, daring, with a huge stature and even larger sense of humor. This, uh... This sad country time lemonade commercial has turned into a great PR commercial yeah. for Texas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Sam Elliott reads this. <clears throat> some days the bear gets you. Some days you get your head cut off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> Wallace eventually moved to San Antonio at the extreme edge of the frontier to sign up as a Texas Ranger under Captain Jack Hayes. In those days, Texas was wild as the West could get. There was danger in the south from the Mexicans, danger in the west and north from the Comanche Raiders and Desperados, and danger in the east from the Cherokee Nation. Sam Houston, commander-in-chief of the armies of Texas and first president of the Texas Republic, had appointed young Captain Hayes to raise a company of rangers to defend San Antonio. Sounds like Texas sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh... Also, the ground was made out of knives. I don't know. What else? Uh, The sky was poisonous and snakes. (laughs) Hayes had high standards for his men. They were the best fighters in the West. They had to be, considering they were often outnumbered 50 to 1. A man had to have courage, good character, good riding, good shooting skills, and a horse worth $100 to be considered for the job. Captain Hayes had heard about all the exploits of Bigfoot Wallace who'd once taken a whole Comanche raiding party single-handedly to get back the horse they'd stolen from him. Hayes signed him on the spot. He was a crazy son of a bitch, so I knew he had to be a lawman. (laughs) Armed with a Colt pistol and a Bowie knife, Texas Ranger Bigfoot Wallace took on the Wild West and quickly made his name in Texas folklore. Those are are two objects that I would not want to give to a person described that way. (laughs) Well, in those days, the Rangers tended to handle stock theft at the end of the rope, so to speak, stringing up the bandits, forcing a confession out of them, and then leading the body swaying in the wind to, def- to deter other outlaws. Only method, only their method didn't work, but they kept doing it anyway. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, hang them again. Bandits kept right on stealing, and sometimes passing right under the bodies of the fellow outlaws to do it. Now Bigfoot's fellow ranger, Creed Taylor, had a big spread that lay west of the San Antonio in the Cedar Hills, clear on the edge of Comanche territory. He was always losing stock to bandits and Indian raids. The last straw came for Taylor 
the day the famous Mexican raider and cattle thief Vidal and his gang rounded up a bunch of horses from his ranch and took them south toward Mexico. Uh, this is like listening to my grandpa tell me about the Lone Ranger. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he donned a purple mask. <sighs> Uh, most just of the go ra- watch the Phantom. <laughs> most of the Rangers were heading north to pursue some Comanches out on a raid, so Taylor and his friends sat out alone in pursuit of the thief. They bumped into Wallace just below Uvalde and told him that they were going down. Bigfoot was always ready to hunt horse thieves and desperados, especially those of Mexican descent. <laughs> we won't say any more about that here, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ironically yeah ironically of the 150 desperados that they hunted down 150 of them were mexican Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. a lot of those desperados were women and children (laughs) a lot of them not even anywhere near the spot where the where the horse even had taken place all of the bodies looked like they'd been dragged there from a great distance (laughs) Uh, oh boy also, it was odd that the charges he would usually yell at them were just, this is for my brother, which actually it says he would never forget what happened to his brother at Goliad. He decided it was time to put an end to Vivaldi's gang once and for all. It didn't take too long for the three men to locate the camp where the horse thief and his gang lay sleeping. They snuck in from downwind so as not to alert the horses, shot and killed of his doll and the other thieves in a gunfight that followed. I don't think of horses as being traditionally very on the ball in terms of like identifying raiders by smell. Yeah. Like that they can they were horse thieves horses, so they can smell the law. And they learn at five oh Beat it, it's the fuss. <laughs> uh that was when Wallace got an idea. Obviously, hanging horse thieves hadn't deterred the outlaws raiding the ranches of the good folks of Texas. Perhaps a more drastic example of frontier justice would do the trick. Severing Vidal's head from his body, Bigfoot and his fellow ranger tied the body, clad in Mexican rawhide leggings, buckskin jacket, and colorful serape to the saddle of the wildest Mustang in the stolen herd, making sure it would stay in an upright position. He worked a rawhide thong through the jaws of the severed head, securing the head in the sombrero, and then tied the head to the saddle horn so that it would bounce and flop around with every step taken by the Mustang. That's visual. Then Wallace gave a shout and sent the horse running away with its headless rider, hoping the gruesome sight would deter future cattle thieves. One of my favorite recurring (coughs) themes in Boohaha is... Just imagining the expressions on the faces of alarmed horses. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my back. It's on my back. It's on my back. Again, again. Huh. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So that's a way to do it. Sure. What's the goal here? What are they trying to do? To I other... may have tuned out for a second. <laughs> to deter other cattle thieves. Okay. By weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> his body to a horse and his severed head to the front of the saddle. Uh, didn't Steve used to have a head? Well, here he comes anyway. We can ask <laughs> him when he gets here. Oh, God! Uh, what Bigfoot managed to do was frighten everyone in South Texas. <laughs> Folks would be peacefully walking down the road one evening when a terrible headless rider would gallop past <laughs> on a midnight black stallion with its colorful serape blowing in the wind and a severed head <laughs> bouncing on its saddle. <laughs> 
scared the heck out of everyone who saw it. I, I love the idea that this horse is just living its life. It's just like, going to go get some oats, but also corpse. It's just <laughs> slowly decomposing. Uh, yep. Scared the heck out of everyone who saw it. Nothing seemed to deter the terrible specter. Not bullets, not arrows, not spears. <laughs> Could it be scared? Could be it's... Could be it scared everyone so bad they couldn't shoot straight. Possibility. I love that people in Texas are just trying to shoot the ghost. That so is that is, is pure Texan right there. At this point, is it a ghost or is it still just a horse running around with a corpse tied to it? Just well, a bullet-riddled corpse. <laughs> just, yeah, also the Texans just are shooting a dead body yeah. over and over again. Until it stops being dead yep. at them. <laughs> Stop being dead near me, you son of a bitch. And they would If we shoot it enough, it might come back to life. <laughs> and then we could tell it to go away. That that is pretty Texan logic right there. Life is cyclical, right? Or or oh, okay, or how about this? Or maybe the Mustang had a charmed life. I that doesn't seem right at all. It seems like a very uncharmed life for a horse, actually. <laughs> If they were worried about the horse smelling the rangers earlier, oh boy. <laughs> Whatever the reason, the head, the horse, and the headless rider roamed South Texas for a good long while, and folks started calling the specter El Muerte, the dead one. Several years passed before a posse of cowboys finally grew brave enough to bushwhack the horse and release a withered corpse from its back. But even after Vidal's body was laid to rest, Soldiers and passersby still saw the headless apparition riding across fields and lanes at night. I'm still just cracking up. Just pi like picture the horse being really into it. Like, like it's like he just rides up to a farm and everybody freaks out and runs away. And he's like, oats, oats for Steve. <laughs> Steve, the horse gets to eat the oats now. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> like, no, you're taking away my meal ticket. Ooh, 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 ooh. Put the corpse back on. <laughs> um. El Muerto spirit. Would never rest in peace. Bigfoot Wallace made sure of that. Which I'm imagining that this guy is like still harassing the, the ghost. <laughs> uh, summoning him. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, now we're back to first person. Damn it. All right. I finished the story just as the full moon topped the largest mesquite tree in our backyard and leaned against the back of the rocker, reaching for my glass of lemonade, which was more melted ice now than juice. And Grandma Jean actually saw El Muerto galloping down the road not far from here, Tony said as I took a sip, and dropped a basket full of chickens onto the road, which ran away, squawking in all directions. El Muerto did? No, or? his grandma. Oh, I see. Okay. Don't put all your chickens in one basket. Yep. Grandma ran squawking too, I said with a chuckle. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Your mom didn't run when she saw it, Tony reminded me, as she always did when she discussed her story of El Muerto. She didn't have time to run, I said. It happened so quickly she was walking down the porch steps, right here, heading to the, bar heading to the barn to see what was disturbing the horses when a dark, headless figure came galloping across the field, serape flapping. She froze in place, clutching a handful of carrots she was taking to her mare. It wasn't until the ghost was almost upon her and that she saw the head bouncing on the saddle, she opened her mouth to scream, and the specter vanished with a rush of cold wind. Needless to say, she went running for the barn as fast as she could, screaming all the way. But the didn't drop the carrots? I, 
All right. Okay. Good for and, you. And everyone is very stuck on this <clears throat> flowing serape. I was about to say, uh, I have this thing where every time I hear the word serape, I don't picture clothing. I picture a bowl of ceviche. Oh, a ghost carrying a big bowl yeah. of freshly made ceviche. Yeah, yeah. Like a lovely... I rose briskly, then saying, that reminds me. We should check on Dancer. That foul's due any day now, and she had problems with the last one. Tony set down his glass and wandered off to the uh, the porch hand-in-hand hand with us like a couple of kids, enjoying the moonlight and each other. We even stopped for a kiss under that magical mesquite tree. When the wind suddenly turned cold and a horrible smell of blood and decay washed over us, remembering that that's what our marriage smelled like. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's the smell of our bed death. <laughs> we broke apart, gasping at the stench, and I clasped a hand over my mouth to keep from throwing up. The moon overhead seemed to grow brighter, and suddenly we both heard the sound of hooves galloping nearby. I grabbed Tony's shoulder as a ball of light burst into being and coalesced into the figure of a black horse, topped by a headless rider. He was a flickering monochrome of white and black with just a hint of colors in his tattered leggings, buckskin jacket, and blowing, flowing, gloriously colorful serape. Help me, Obi-Wan Serape. You're my <laughs> only horse. El Muerto, I gasp. Gaping at the figure, too shocked to take it in. Tony was quicker on the uptake. He gave a shout of pure fear, picked me up, flung me over his shoulder, and bolted for the house. Tony's a gentle giant since <laughs> the accident. Um... <laughs> I pushed myself off his shoulder to stare in pure astonished wonder at the figure galloping closer and closer towards us. Kate flapping. I could hear a hump, bump, bump sound coming from the specter, and my eyes were drawn to the withered head under the grotesquely happy-looking sombrero. What? <laughs> is it just like is a, it an emoji sombrero? It, I guess in the in the greater pantheon of hats, it is a more cheerful hat. That's true. Fair. Fair. Uh, then as it disappeared and all the hairs on my neck stood on end, luckily I remembered the, to duck just in time to avoid hitting my head on the door frame as Tony leapt onto the porch <clears throat> and through the screen door. She almost lost her head. Man. It's gone, it's gone, I shouted as Tony ran through to the kitchen, heading toward the staircase. Put me down, it's gone. But Tony kept running. <laughs> out the back door <laughs> there it is again <laughs> and i ducked again to avoid the low ceiling of the stairs and stayed crouched on his shoulder until he reached the safety of our bedroom winded up in the closet of all places <clears throat> and my big strong slow yet happy husband closet safe for <laughs> wife crouched on the floor trembling among the shoes while I stroked his blonde hair and gallantly refrained, refrained from chuckling. El Muerte takes you. <laughs> I thought you wanted to see El Muerto, I whispered into his, into his ear and judged that he had calmed down. Not anymore, Tony finally managed, looking up at me with his dark, lashed gray hairs. His pupil were still dilated with shock. I'll stick to horror films from now on. That's my brave cowboy, I said with a smile. Oh, my God. Tony gave me a sheepish grin in response, then pulled us both upright and led us out of the closet. I gave him a kiss and left him ready for bed while I went to check up on the mare, figuring Tony had enough supernatural adventures for one evening. But somehow, I knew we 
We'd seen the last of El Muerto. He appeared only once to each generation in my family, at least dot dot dot. So far. Okay, two things. Uh, her saying that she was going to go check on the mayor because <coughs> what's-his-name had had enough supernatural stuff for the night implies to me that the mayor is also in some way supernatural. Well, the miracle of birth, Avalon, <laughs> is very is truly supernatural. It is truly a wonder to behold. <laughs> I assume I never will. Um, <laughs> second of all, doesn't it seem a bit sketch that it keeps happening to people in her family? Yeah, only her family. Yeah, not all of South Texas, which is, is where like they never. Are they the descendants of Bigfoot Wallace? Kind of what I'm thing? assuming. Like, it it begs the question. Like, and each generation he gets a little bit closer. <laughs> well, <laughs> problem for my daughter to handle, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is, like, is is uh, is uh, El El Muerto trying to get revenge, and he's just getting closer and closer each generation till finally. Be a second head on that saddle. That was great. The El Muerto part was great. Yeah, I didn't like their uh, their folksy, loveless marriage. Yeah. <laughs> their folksy loveless this marriage. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's okay. One thing that I noticed when we we did did the hook and had been very hastily updated to mm-hmm. seem not like it was in the twenties. Like they reference, like we stopped listening to our CDs oh, yeah. to turn on the news on the radio because apparently nothing gets like Bobby harder than you know the news. Um, so, and I'm I I got a bit of a sense of that here, where like they refer- all stick to horror movies and oh pink lemonade oh yeah. these are modern trappings of human life. I don't know if that's. Uh, trying to make it more relatable to a modern young audience. But it's a ghost story. It's not yeah. like it's the weird. point of them is to be from way back. Yeah, it seems like a weird thing to do for like a modern Texan. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Hard to say what, what life is like out on, you know, the frontier. Uh, to just kind of sit out and drink some pink lemonade and Look for wait El for ghost. Yeah, wait. Especially because, like, uh, what's his name? Gentle Giant uh, says at the end, I'll stick to horror movies. So we know that that's also an option. Yeah. Like, what are we doing tonight? Horror movies or... Wait for our own horror movie to happen. This time it's going. This time it's going to happen, I swear. I like the idea that after having seen El Muerte, they just, like, just walk to the room and start putting the shells in the shotgun. Like... <laughs> Well, we're done. <laughs> we did it. And that's the end of the Country Time Pink <laughs> Lemonade commercial. Country Time Lemonade. Some days you get El Muerte, other days it's murder-suicide with your <laughs> mentally handicapped husband. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> that, that, that was great. I love that one. Um, I'm going to give that one four out of five. Beautiful extravagant windswept serapes <laughs> uh, luxurious do you think she just learned that word 
it feels like or that uh they went to like a they went to Saturday market <laughs> and she just got a bunch or found a booth that was like I love these these are amazing Tony I bought 15 serapes <laughs> uh yeah I uh I'm I'm giving that I'm giving that 4 out of 5 serapes uh loved it could have done without the uh the loveless marriage yeah yeah more muerto less el marriage <laughs> Uh, the, the loveless marriage, the commercial took me out of it a lot. <clears throat> I could re- like a lot. I'd, I'd give it, <laughs> I'd give it three. <laughs> the repetition, like a lot. Um, three Surat, three knockoff. I'd give it three expensive Serapes, but okay. that aren't native in any way. A Gucci yeah. Serape, yeah, um, a culturally insensitive yes. white man Serape, yeah, that they made an ad with Johnny Depp for. The new Sauvage, the Parfum, Dior. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. That's 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 fair. I, I but good story. Yeah, El Muerto. Uh, he kind of has a Candyman origin. Mm. I mean, they fuck him up. Yeah, it's not. Also, I. Forgot. I like when you were giving me that like that that history lecture about like a cattle drive or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was there. The like, history of the Texas Rangers oh, as God. a preface into the story of one guy who gets killed by a Texas Ranger. I just I I was I'm like it's like a history class where we were talking about like uh, a delicate series of alliances. I'm like I'm I'm not listening as much as I should. I'm hosting this. Uh, so I'm going to knock it down to, uh, three beautiful windswept serapes and, uh, one kind of boring horse-based TED talk. One glass of country time pink lemonade. One packet. One beautiful sweating cup of country time lemonade prepared to you by a wife who hasn't looked at you the way she used to in years. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a perfect excellent. rating. Uh, cool. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the the fire is uh, g- growing low. Um, <laughs> I need to get a smoother way to do that. Next um, to the off button, the fire is <laughs> going low. I have turned off the fire. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I don't know. Anything spooky happened to you recently? Uh, hmm. Well, a light bulb went off in my basement apartment. That's pretty spooky. Like, but the not the, but the light bulb wasn't dead. It just went off. Oh. And yeah. then I turned it on and it went off again. Ooh. So I think it might be Omarto. Or Spearfinger. All right, folks. <laughs> good night. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh yeah, that's spooky. I, I'm gonna say it's it was the long pointy spear finger. Yeah. Uh, just just turning the switch. Um, that's spooky. Especially Me? it's an old house, right? Yeah, uh, and it's a, it's not about? it's a chain pull turn on. Ooh. So it's probably bad wiring, haunted wiring. Yeah, as yeah. it were. It, the wiring is bad because it is full of spooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you got a will-o'-the-wisp in there. That's what you, uh, you got. You got a skinwalker up in your uh, 
fuse box. <laughs> um, all right, that's spooky. I hope nothing happens with that. Uh, I hope I hope that it is neither ghosts nor the cause of an electrical fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you don't get Freddy Krueger. <laughs> um, uh, you should stop killing those children. <laughs> but their their livers are so good. Mm, delicious. There's a spear finger for you. I'm miming the Kruger glove. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird that he never did jazz hands? He must have. I'm sh- I'm positive at some point he did jazz hands. So where can people find you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you really like to blindside people with that. Besides my haunted basement apartment. Um, well, you can find me uh, on our kind of, you're part of it. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, if you're talking about the thing that I think you're talking about, I'm like an extended uncle. Yeah. An, an uncle several times removed. <laughs> of our monopolized nerd core comedy shows of wait why don't we call it nerdcore but like c-o-r-p-s Ooh, that's right not bad yeah. that's not bad at all yeah uh for yeah i mean every month we do them but just in case you're checking in for the first time we got vhs vengeance uh which will be on december 15th and what's the movie this time this time we're 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 Doing a much-requested fan favorite that I've put off for a very long time because I do not like it, but we hear our fans, and so we're, we are going... The Godfather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would, the director's cut of The Irishman, which I'm sure is like five hours. <laughs> but... Um, we're we're going to Frogtown. Oh, we're all gonna oh be in boy. hell together in oh, Frogtown. You uh, you uh, you're so uh, uh, the famous about Montreal. porn without porn. Oh, that sounds. But does have the dance of the three snakes. So, I mean, that'll get me going, but it's not gonna get me where right. I'm going. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, cool. The devil uh, went down to Frogtown, right. and we'll, we'll all be, be there on the 15th. That's right, With uh, and riff the hell out of it, and uh, we got Carolyn Maine, uh, local uh, podcast producer <clears throat> and friend to all shows, basically. Guests might remember her from a couple months ago. Yeah, uh, she will be there as our guest riffer, and we'll probably do a round of Pitch Please. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also uh, keeping in with our riff-tastic shows, Cartoons and Cocktails, which will be Saturday, uh, December 7th, are the oddest way to celebrate Pearl Harbor Day I've ever done. But uh, we can't pick when our Saturdays fall. So (laughs) that is what we got. Uh, (laughs) Are you going to do exclusively, like, war tragedy-related cartoons? (laughs) Uh. It's our Christmas spectacular, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's all it's all gonna be those uh, those now unairable Disney like, Superman cartoons. Oh of, yeah, with yeah, a yeah. bunch of like the Fleischers. I was gonna no, I was gonna say like the ones where it's like Superman says slap a jap. <laughs> yeah, all those guys. There were a lot of really uh, problematic cartoons in the in the forties. Well, especially when you're at when you're at war with someone, you're probably not going to do. No, that's fair. Favor- um, <laughs> favorable. That, that that's fair. Uh, I I, feel I wouldn't expect them to. 
I feel like they were a little bit softer on the Nazis in terms of like visual portrayals. Mm, true. Um, you know, there was a lot of kind of uh, insensitive, grotesque caricatures true, of, fair. Of, of the Japanese. Uh, check out the book Dr. Seuss Goes to War uh, from when Dr. Seuss was an editorial cartoon. And it's a lot of really childhood ruining pictures of, <laughs> of Asian people. Um, I wonder if that's at the Dr. Seuss Museum. I, ooh, I, I, it's you right. Think that's one that he was probably like, I feel bad for that one. I'm not going to keep that one around. I hate them all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss had a lot of hate in his heart. Um, yeah, they probably want to want to focus more on the Sneetches and the Zacks. <laughs> um, fair. Mm. Smart move. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, we have we got cartoons and cocktails every month. We got VHS Vengeance every month. We got Forgotten Fantasies. As oh, a, I know that one. Yeah, you know that one. Yeah. Uh, soon to be Majestic Return as an amazing vidcast. Yep. Yep. Check your check your local YouTube stations. Coming right into your brain, meat guys. <laughs> we'll we'll put it up on the website or something. I don't. Stay tuned. I don't know. <laughs> but uh yeah also that so we yeah, are there's a lot of stuff happening cool and you can follow me on i don't know uh twitter at boohaha pod and on instagram also at boohaha pod you can email us i don't know why you would want to uh at pod at gmail.com you can follow me personally on instagram as that avalon where i'll post a lot of uh spooky pictures of my dog who also you can follow at Fawn. No, wait. At it's Fawn the dog on Instagram. She's adorable. I take a lot of pictures of her where the perspective is such that it makes her legs look very small and her head look very big. Yeah. It's pretty adorable. <laughs> and no one wants to miss that. No, no, you shouldn't. I like, I'm not going to tell you what you what how to live your life. <laughs> but follow my dog on Instagram, yeah. guys. It's Fawn the Dog. <laughs> Thank you, and yeah, for the uh, allowing us to champion Fawn's Insta. Yeah, that's really what this is for, Ooh. and it worked. Yeah, she's such a sweetie, <laughs> such a picturesque hound. Well, awesome! I had a great time, and uh, I can't wait to come back and check off some more. Uh, childhood places I lived at horror it's gonna, stories. It's going to be great. I'll have to, I'll dig some up for uh, that ice flow off the coast You're of uh, right. Iceland. You said you were born in uh sea land, that oil rig <laughs> off, off the coast of England. That's a country now. Whoa, really? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. They're doing it. Uh, anyway, uh, give me your liver.